All right. So, uh, as Kate said, we are finishing a sermon series called Focus, which is about... Uh, it's Basically, we've been sharing our vision for what Pack City is doing, what we're up to, and where we believe we're going in the season ahead. And by the season ahead, we like to say we operate on a school year season because people go every which way in the summer or like after Easter. So this is really like what we're doing Labor Day through Easter Sunday-ish. Um, <laughs> I, the world is weird. Um, okay, so, but you might be wondering, like, whose vision is it? Well, we've been meeting as a board and as a leadership team, which is uh, our pastor, Chris, who is away this weekend, Nikki, Kate, and myself, and doing a lot of prayer and thinking about uh, what we're doing, and we're very excited. And uh, as Chris has been sharing in this sermon series thus far, what we really believe is that if for God to do a work through us, he needs to do a work in us. And that's true as a community, but also individually. If God's going to do a work through me, or each of you, he needs to do a work in me and in each of you. So it's all about these layers of like, Let's be open to what God's doing in us as individuals and through us, maybe for our community, but then in us as a community and through us, hopefully, for the world around us, for the community that we want to bless in Santa Monica, in West LA, and in any which way we interact with uh, the world. So I'm excited for this. Um, it's, you know, something I value is uh, being open to God's work in my life. Uh, I grew up in a church that I would describe as, uh, it was kind of a traditional liturgical church, and the culture of that particular church was very much about going through the motions to an extent. I don't doubt that there were people with very strong faith there, but my experience of it growing up was like, it was just kind of a show up on Sundays, leave kind of thing. There wasn't necessarily a vibrant expression of deep faith in God, Though it was there, it just wasn't something I experienced. And so I eventually left and found other communities where I would say people were really full of, uh, you know, desire to see God move and work in their lives and speak into their lives. And um, in the years since I've gone to other churches, primarily vineyard movement churches, of which Pack City is a part, so is Westside Vineyard, where we're taking our field trip next year, um, you know, what? What? Next week, did I say next year? Oh, that's funny. Next week, Sunday, September 17th, 9 a.m. service. We'll see you, see you at Westside Vineyard where we'll meet some of our vineyard uh, family. Um, so I, honestly, I can confidently say after going to many other church communities and being a part and letting God work through those communities in my life and through my life, being a part of a community that gathers around Jesus expectantly, yearning his work and his love, Life is better, and that's what we want Pack City to continue to be, so we're kind of like digging in on some of the basics about what is life with God and how can we help each other um, just partake in that as much as possible. How can we be open to what God for, has, ha, for what God has for us in this season? So that's what we've been discussing so far in the series, and today I'm not going to make any like grand new points or anything. I'm really going to share a little bit of my story and might be my experience over the past short while of faith and being a part of Pack City and uh, what it's meant to me and what I'm hopeful for over the next year. And perhaps you can relate and perhaps you will feel invited to join in what Pack City is doing. So uh, let's think about that together. And before I jump in, would you please pray with me? So uh, Lord, we thank you that you are at work 
you are a living God who cares deeply to interact with people who want to interact with you, um, to share your vision, your direction, your love, your grace, your truth. So we invite you to do that today. We invite you to do that through our lives in the season ahead. And we invite your leadership especially that we would be open to that. We would be open to knowing what you're up to and participating in it, to joining your work, that your kingdom would come more in us and through us. So come, Lord God. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So as we've been thinking about God doing a work in us, through us, the theme of the series, um, I've been looking back at my prayer journal, and uh, there was a scripture that God brought to mind a few weeks ago, which I think is relevant. So let's just start by looking at that. It's from the book of 1 John, chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, and you can follow along on the screen. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So what stood out to me about this is not just like sin, purification, that's really heavy language, but not what are we purified from, but what are we purified for? Which is, I think, relationship with God, relationship with Jesus, but also that fellowship we have with one another. It's the beauty of being known. And that's a strong value to me, because in growing up in that rote kind of faith that I experienced as a child, I had all these questions that weren't being answered and I was afraid to ask them and there was a lot about my life where I just felt like I wasn't known, sometimes even by my family. But becoming known has been very life-giving to me and I think that's something that we are called to participate in as a community, is being known, sharing life in truly intimate ways. Being known is the opposite of hiddenness. In Jesus-centered communities, I've found as I said, a lot of healing, I would put it, healing from experiences in my life, um, powerful experiences of growth by opening my life up to others. And I've learned a ton about myself, and I've seen God do a ton in me and through me. So one of the main points of our series, as God brought up, as, not God, as Chris brought up two weeks ago, I'm sure there was a message from the Holy Spirit through him, Jesus changes our identity. So I'm going to tell you a story about my identity and how I've like kind of received a lot of growth from God and kind of that kind of thing. But I would be honest, it's like an awkward story. It's a weird and hard story. Um, but let's start with the good part. Um, my identity, I've learned over the years through personality tests. Has anyone done the Enneagram? Any Enneagram fans? Okay, we just get some nods. Uh, through like spiritual gifts tests, which you sometimes do in church leadership. Uh, and through ministry experience, I am, at least part of who I am, is a helper. I'm compassionate. I get complimented on it all the time. People encourage me. It, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to be compassionate. It's a good thing to help others. It especially can be really good when it's paired with wisdom. Um, which is something I have not always had enough of in any given situation. Uh, so when there's not enough wisdom paired with it, it can lead to some really difficult situations. 
And actually, some of you have heard me talk about this in the past few months. And so here's the awkward story. Over the past, say, eight months, I was helping somebody that I knew. I met them at church uh, over a decade ago, a previous church that I was a part of. This person was out of a job, is still out of a job, and had no way to pay for housing. So I said, okay, I can help. Um, I didn't want this person to be on the street if I could help it. And so, you know, I was convinced that I was the only person that could help by what this person was telling me, so I started paying for the rent, for some of their food, and, um, you know, it kept going, and it kept going for a few more weeks than I hoped, a few more months than I hoped, and I tried to set boundaries, I tried to set deadlines, hoping that would inspire the person to, like, make some other choices, find some other help, maybe gather a community of people who could be a part of this rather than just me giving. Um, but this person that I was helping is unwell in a lot of ways. Uh, they knew they could manipulate me using scripture, which was very frustrating, uh, a lot of guilt tripping. Uh, when that wouldn't work, when I tried to stick by the boundaries and deadlines that I set, then there was a lot of yelling and a lot of insulting. And the situation and the conversations made me feel so kind of exasperated um, you know, just like these threats of like, Patrick, you're going to kick me out on the curb. You're going to leave me on this street. I would just end up giving money to make it stop. I was just like, okay. I just didn't want to be yelled at anymore. And I, I don't know why I couldn't hang up the phone. That somehow to me felt like a little bit too harsh. Um, but I was told repeatedly in those situations when I tried to keep boundaries, what an awful person I was, what a fake Christian I was in cahoots with the devil, things like that. So as soon as I offered a little bit of more money, okay, we're all good, there's peace in the conversations, that kind of thing. So that's the situation I had found myself in for much of this year. And the thing is, I knew the insults I was hearing weren't true, but it was hard to think clearly when I was alone in this situation. Like there was, I think there were like really bad and serious spiritual dynamics at work that really kept me in a fog. Like I was really in some ways like blinded by what I was experiencing and hearing. And I thought, well, I can still lean into that helper identity. I can still be compassionate. Uh, I found ways to justify it. You know, everyone needs help, right? In some ways and even people with personality disorders who are abusive and unobservant of boundaries, they need help, right? I would pray to God about it. And the thing is that I would feel pretty clear messages from God in my prayer times about that it was okay to leave the situation, that perhaps I wasn't hearing the truth from the person about the abilities and the help they were getting otherwise. I even, I, I've read the book Boundaries many times and was reminded of really good ways to set boundaries, but I felt trapped in this situation. I, I felt trapped into giving away more than I should have, knowing that a lot of it was going to unnecessary things, um, and all the while being made to feel like I was never doing enough. And it was only when I really brought all of the situation into the light allowing my failures to be known, which I was embarrassed about, felt ashamed about. Only then, when I shared this with other people who trust Jesus, could I find a way out, which was honestly like pretty recently. Like I've brought it up in prayer 
here and there, like, please pray about this. I don't know what to do about this. But when I really, like, spewed, like, how trapped I felt, how uh, I didn't know what to do, like, and here's how I failed. And then I found that, like, actually people could help me walk through it. People could give me some real wisdom, um, some real advice, but also just some real compassion and love. The whole thing felt so complicated because I allowed it to be that way by remaining hidden, it, like in that fog, in that not knowing what to do, just feeling trapped. I had to confront the fact that I helped create this dependency as much as I was a victim of it. So once I was able to cut him off, really set boundaries, and then keep those boundaries, like even just a few days ago, I got another text from a burner number asking for more money. Okay, no, keep the boundary, set the boundary. Only then could I really like see and think clearly and maintain a clear-headedness about it. So what I've learned from this is that I think God had more work to do in forming my identity, in shaping who I am. I believe what he created in me as a compassionate helping person is a really good thing. But that part of me had a lot of loose edges and somewhat a lack of wisdom, which I've begun to learn anew. So he's begun shaping, he's begun shaping me up. He's showing me how and when and why it's good to set very clear boundaries. I'm still learning. I will probably be faced with further trials of this in this same situation in the coming weeks. Um, I wish I didn't have to go through what I did to learn it, but I know God's in it. He took a really awful situation and he's turned it into a chance for me to grow and to heal. And he's still forming who I am. And it's, I'm very much a work in progress. The situation is very much so. But I'm hopeful that, that I can continue walking into the light about it. Just sharing with people, being open when I face further moments of difficulty, just being like, here's what it is. People, people who love me, who I trust, who trust Jesus, like help me walk this out in a really wise way as much as can be. So hopefully I can confront each you know, similar situation in the future with more wisdom and like better way of handling it in the future. So that's a lot of what I've been experiencing lately. I really hope you aren't facing anything like that but I'd love to ask and for, you know, just for you to think about how has God been working in you lately? Maybe what bumps in the road have highlighted a part of yourself that's still growing? Or maybe it's not a bad thing. Like maybe you've stretched yourself. Like you accomplished a new goal that you didn't think you could do before. And you've learned that like, oh, God had something in me more than I even expected for myself. How are you hoping to be stronger or wiser, or more at peace in your life? What more might God do in you over the coming year? These are the questions we want to encourage everyone at Pax City to ask themselves and be hopeful for that God really does have something coming up. So God has changed my identity, is changing my identity, and a lot of the way he's honing and focusing on that and doing something new in me is through community. So another one of our main points in this series is God creates a community for us. Jesus creates a community for us. And I'm so thankful for that because it's a lot of the ways that he's been doing this work of healing in me. 
I don't know that I could have found a wise way forward from this abusive relationship without the help of others who know Jesus and trust him. And there's a couple ways in specific that he's done that. Um, but at the end of the day, I've also just found deeper connection to community by sharing what I've gone through, by bringing it into the light, by walking in, into the light and being known in my struggles. So obviously the, the first way that community has helped, which I've shared about, and I'll just summarize again, is um, just having people share wisdom with me, share guidance, share prayer. Uh, a lot of it came from Man City, you know, the group that's you know, been meeting occasionally on Thursday nights, and sometimes we just eat dinner most of the time, and then it's a little prayer the end, but other times you really have been able to share deeply what's going on in our lives. Um, Chris has been very wise in helping me set boundaries. I also have a friend who's, through her own experience uh, with narcissistic and borderline personality issues in her family, has been able to speak into my situation a lot. And then another friend who's just had a lot of experience with like gaslighting in their own relationships and has walked through that fire, come out the other side, been able to share with me. So like a lot of really helpful things when you're finally able to open up to people and you're like, oh, other people have been through similar things, they can share with me about this. And so very, you know, an oft quoted in church scripture is from Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And that's the beauty of community is that we can really help each other through the junk that we're facing. Another big way that community helped me uh, was from stopping me from going off the deep end. Like at times, this situation made me feel so trapped that I just wanted out. And like I wanted to run away from everything in my life because it was so maddening. And especially the way the other person in the situation like manipulated me with scripture. Just like it put a bad taste in my mouth at times about God. Even though when I was like clear-headed and kind of walked away from the situation, like I know God's not manipulating me. God's not putting me in a terrible spot. It's this over here. But I was ready to jump ship. Like, my faith had some real ups and downs over the past few months. And I made some poor decisions, to be honest, thinking it would be easier to run away. But thankfully, I had enough willpower just to do the basics. Like, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to show up to church on Sunday. I'm going to do the thing I signed up to do. I'm going to show up to Man City on Thursdays. And even when I was like frustrated beyond belief, it's like I know that community is good and I'm going to be present if nothing else. And there was always blessing in that when I was there. Uh, I could think more clearly, even if I wasn't sharing specifically about what I was dealing with, just knowing that I was around people who, you know, loved the truth of God and wanted more of that for all of us and would pray for me in that, like, there was, there was so much grace I received in being part of community. And um, so that experience, it might have sent me away from God and maybe did in moments, but by his loving patience, like, he shined a light through community into a really dark season in my life and helped me grow closer to the people who care about me, which I think is like the best gift at the end of it. So I'm excited for the season ahead to now like double down on that, to double down on people knowing me more in my fears and my failings 
and say like, okay, we're in relationship. We are a family of God. Let's do this thing and get to know each other even better. So I know that by opening myself up, I can kind of help others break the ice, maybe invite others to be more known and vulnerable themselves. I think that's the good part of community. We all do it together. We all play our part. And um, for all the change this community has seen over the years, I really love the community that we are now. It's like a really good, consistent group of awesome people. I'm excited to get to know some of you more and more deeply. So I'll just ask you guys, in what ways have you been hoping to find new community or deeper community? In what ways are you hoping to go deeper specifically? Like maybe there's something you're ready to talk about for the first time in a while, or just to bring up to this newer group of people to you. Is God nudging you to open up to him via people that you can trust, that are consistent, that are around, people who also love him? And that can be risky and that can be scary. Um, because if we're honest, we're all a little bit messed up at times or all the time. Um, but if we bring our mess into light with other people, I think, and this is the third point of our series that uh, Chris has brought up, through our hopes and dreams, Jesus reveals our destiny. So a lot of this can really, like, as we dig into the work inside, it can really push us and ready us for the work that God has through our lives into our future. Um, the way we love each other, the way we can learn about each other's goals and strengths and encourage each other, that's the God doing a work through us and beyond us. That's the par that part of our vision. To do something as simple as investing in consistent relationships with Jesus at the center, it's countercultural, especially in a city like LA. I believe that as Jesus shapes and grows each of us in the light of his truth and love, I think that will actually be noticed by others around us. I think we will be that salt and light that Jesus talks about in whatever communities we're a part of, whether it's people at work, whether it's people at pickleball. Um, if you're new or visiting, we have like a strong and growing pickleball passion among our community now for many months and it's hilarious, but I think it's really beautiful because like there are people around Santa Monica that are getting to know people at Pack City, whether they know we're a part of a church or not. And I think that that will be noticed that like these people follow God and they maybe live a life a little bit differently. Um, I don't know what that looks like. You don't cheat at pickleball or whatever, but... Uh, it's, it's beautiful. We are meant to be out in the world as people who walk with Jesus. And I think that that will make a difference. Um, as for my own destiny, uh, those of you who have been a part of Pack City for a while uh, have heard me talk about this. And if you haven't, I'll let you know I feel called to church planting, to ministry as a career. I've questioned that a lot. I've been scared of it. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how I'm going to do it, I don't know, can I do it, like when, where, there's a lot of questions, but I'm not giving up on that God has that for me. Um, you know, in the darkest times over the past year, I would say that I've really questioned it more than ever, but I can also open up my prayer journal and see that God has reminded me consistently, like the, you know, the vision I've given you since 2008 or whatever is still something I have for you. 
the good things I've promised you are still something I have for you. I've wanted to avoid it perhaps at times, but God consistently shows up, not only in my own prayer times, but in the encouragement I have from other people who sometimes it's even just like people asking me the question, hey, what's going on with like your future? You know, what are you hoping and dreaming about? And then I'm reminded like, oh yeah, God has put some really specific vision in me and I need to maybe partner with that, move with it instead of against it. And it's a good thing. And like God is still working out how that destiny is going to come to be. But I know that the best place for me to kind of pursue that is among other people who know and love Jesus. Now, most of you will never have a job in ministry. I hope. Like, that would be weird if we all did. Um, but the way you reflect Jesus in your life at work, maybe with your family, with friends, with neighbors, that's how God can work through you. And whether it's overt talking about Jesus or just being who you are as a person on a journey of growth and healing and transformation, um, you know, that's, that's the through us part of what we've been talking about and what we're hoping for uh, through Pack City and through just our gathering, our openness to God's work in our lives. So what are your biggest hopes and dreams? Like if you just think for a second, if you could really ask God for a big thing, like something beyond what is logical, beyond what is obvious in your life, if you really have something, God, I want to see you work there or with these people or through that part of my family or this part of my work situation, what would you hope for? What would you ask for? Does it feel scary to ask for it, to even like voice it out loud? But what if God actually could do it and more? And maybe like you'd be a tiny part of it. You can't do big miraculous things yourself, but with encouragement, with partnership, with community, what if you could begin setting up, you know, like laying out the road, the path to see that happen? It starts with the work he's doing in you and among your community. And there will be circumstances that fog your vision, that bring you doubt, that make you want to hide. But in the light, just speaking it out, sharing it, sharing your dreams, your hopes, your fears, everything, I think there's real grace and encouragement. So we're inviting Pack City into a season to be brave and to be open with each other to like be intentional about connecting, about going deep, trusting that God will do something. So last couple questions to think about, would you be willing to be known, to have fellowship in an expectant way that God is actually here and actually at work in our lives, in your life? Are you willing to think about the fact that he's possibly doing something new in you or continuing something that he's already begun that maybe you've given up hope about or that you've forgotten about. Not only in you, but in us as a community. So we're excited. The board has been meeting and praying about this. We're excited to see what God has for us. Um, maybe one practical challenge in the very near future you, consider, you can consider is to 
show up at our new community group, Thursdays at the Meekins. This Thursday, it's beginning, September 14th. And it, the reason I invite you about to do that is, we, uh, one thing we often say here is, sitting in circles is better than rows. Like, really being in an environment where you can share and get to know each other. Like, this is cool, I get to do story time, but like, when we sit around in a circle and share and pray for each other and like, you know, just do more human kind of relationship rather than listening to a speaker kind of relationship, I think that's where more of the work that God has will happen. Um, maybe you can't join on Thursday, but maybe there are other ways you can get connected. You can reach out to somebody. Uh, you can make a new connection like, hey, let's hang out. Let's get coffee. Wait, what's this pickleball thing? Invite me to that. Um, other, there are other activities that people do. I love going to movies all the time. Do you want to come see a movie and talk about it afterward? Let's do it. That's just a simple thing, but it's the simple choices of showing up, of being open, being available to people and to God by which he will transform our lives. I truly believe that. So I'm going to invite the band to come back up now. And um, before we do one last song, or as we do one last song, um, we're going to just have a little bit of time of ministry, of waiting on God and seeing what he has for us in this moment. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so why don't you all stand up, and we will wait on God together. And I'm going to just have a moment of silence, and then if there's maybe any particular things God is leading us to pray for, we'll invite people to come up to the front, and one of our leaders, one of our prayer team would love to pray for you personally. But right now, if you're comfortable, maybe open your hands, um, this is not magical, it's just an outward posture symbolizing your openness to receive whatever God might want to share with you right now. And uh, let's invite him. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. And Lord, would you speak graciously into fears right now? Into hurts? Where do people need to hear from you? You know it, Lord God. We trust that you do. So come and speak. I also pray that in this moment as we wait on you, you would speak into dreams and hopes and visions. Renew them, Lord God. Or give new ones. How are you leading each of us to find you more and to partner with you more in the season ahead? Speak, Lord.